This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Thanks for staying with us here at The Morning Run. I'm Julian Ng, together with Sharis Abdullah. Now it's time to look at the major business news for today. Now, according to Nepali's news report, uh, Maxiata Group has been slapped with a capital gains tax amounting to almost 2.2 billion ringgit, including late fees and fines. It will come up to about 2.5 billion ringgit. This is in connection to a purchase of Ancel uh, Private Limited, which is a major telco in Nepal. Uh, back in December 2015, uh, Axiata bought 80% of Encel from Swedish company Telia Sonera for almost 5.7 billion ringgit, making Axiata's entry into the Nepalese telco space. So far, Encel has already paid out about 745 million in tax installments. Yeah, and uh, however, the representative from the large uh, taxpayer office of Nepal told Himalayan Times that it will still ask the telco giants to deposit the entire 2.36 billion sum first and uh, then only deduct the 745 million of uh, Encel and uh, Asiata and Asiata to file a formal application demanding a reduction in the tax bill. Exactly. So uh, it's a case of, uh, you know, you pay the lump sum first, we will deduct uh, any uh, uh, forward payments later. Now, 2 billion ringgit is a lot of money for Nepal as its national budget uh, is around 35 billion. So that's uh, about uh, more than uh, almost 10% of the national budget. That's right. So uh, this this is amidst some of the confusion uh, that that is... uh, that is uh, within the law of Nepal. Now, the, the Nepal Income Tax Act does not have a very clear provision on offshore deals, which is what is happening between uh, Malaysia Asiata and Swedish Telia uh, Sonera Kafafel. Now, because um, because of this gap, that hence the the court is perhaps coming out with the ruling of uh, going straight to Asiata rather than uh, since Asiata is still doing business in the country. I think this is very important because uh, all developing nations need uh, foreign investments uh, and if you have any confusions, investors don't really like uncertainty. You have confusion about uh, foreign policy, foreign investment policy, uh, there would be negative implications for Nepal's FDI. Uh, Asiata's response is that none of uh, the parties to the litigation has received the judgment and order of the Supreme Court. In fact, uh, back in uh, in 2017, uh, they were cleared uh, of the tax payments by the tax authority over there. Yeah, Asiata, they have a very wide regional stakes uh, with over 300 million subscribers across Asia. Um, That that is as of uh, 2015. Now, its subsidiaries includes in countries like Bangladesh, um, Cambodia, India, Nepal, Indonesia, Pakistan, Singapore and Sri Lanka. And a lot of these countries are from the South uh, ASEAN. Uh, these are South ASEAN countries. And um, this and looking at the uh, the sorry, the. Uh, Penetration rate? Yes, looking at the mobile penetration rate um, in these countries is the reason why um, Asiata is probably considering going, uh, you know, uh, 
going forward this risk uh, because I think the opportunities there, well, because of the opportunities that exist, uh, mobile penetration, for example, in Nepal is just slightly over 50%. Hence, uh, in comparison to Malaysia, we are we are more than 100%. So yeah. there, there's a lot of uh, still opportunities. Uh, a lot be. of growth there, um, yeah. especially when you own, you know, 100% uh, Cambodia's smart Robi in Bangladesh, almost 70%. Nepal and sell, of course, 80%, as we've mentioned. In Indonesia, another very huge market. Uh, they own Excel uh, to the extent of about two-thirds over there in Indonesia. Um, the question is whether... Um, Exeta can consolidate uh, all these stakes in a meaningful way and uh, give them some kind of strategic direction. But of course, uh, one thing that has to be considered when you invest in this kind of markets like Bangladesh, Cambodia, uh, even Malaysia, right? A uh, long time ago, investors used to uh, worry about political stability and political risk. Uh, but no longer, uh, right now, it's more about policy risk. Yeah. And I think in connection to issues like the ECRL, the question is is uh, not so easy to cancel projects like this because it would have implications on uh, the sanctity of contracts and uh, things like that. And investors are closely looking at this kind of thing. And this is, uh, as far as Nepal's uh, context is concerned, uh, we are also looking at things like that. Um, in connection to this, of course, uh, this is not the first time that uh, 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 you know, a developing nation has uh, so, sort of has slapped us uh, with this kind of charges uh, um, back uh, in about one year or two years ago, Ananda Krishnan, uh, and as well as uh, Ralph Marshall was uh, charged with graft in uh, India in connection with also the acquisition of a telco company there. And uh, there has been very little updates on uh, that case so far. Yep, that's right. Um, th- the uh, the charges this charges they result they revolve around the clearance of a uh, P Chidambaram, the former finance minister of India, which gave um, Maxis in two thousand six gave to which gave Maxis two thousand uh, in two thousand six during his tenure as finance minister to allow Maxis uh, to bring in three thousand two hundred uh, or crore or one point eight billion ringgit to the country uh, far exceeding the FIM, uh, FIPB's limit of authority of six hundred crore. Okay, there is uh, good news, fortunately, uh, because according to an interview with the Malaysia Reserve, online fashion platform Zalora Group is looking at listing on Bursa Malaysia as an option to fund this expansion of its uh, product range. Yeah, and the Singapore-based fa- uh, fashion e-retailer is also exploring other opportunities to woo investment to expand products offering in the short term. And he said that this includes a potential bursa listing, but this but did not commit the timeline on when this decision would be made. On its uh, future plan, Zalora aims to host up to about 400,000 live items in the next two years compared to the 109,000 items currently available online. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, this uh, listing intention in Malaysia because uh, Zalora is, I think, it's a Singapore-based company, but a listing in Malaysia. Um, I, I guess a lot of their revenues uh, come from Malaysia and they also want to use Malaysia as a launch pad uh, to export within Southeast Asia. And the next step is take these brands interna- internationally. Um, they're also looking into the sports segment, uh, exploring the gifting session, uh, segment as well as a children's uh, category as well. Yes, uh, so by far the, uh, the fashion e- retailer has uh, made good 
presence in Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, uh, Singapore, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Thailand, Vietnam, Brunei and Macau. And as you mentioned, Indonesia is Zalora's largest customer base, while Malaysia is the most penetrated market. Uh, site currently has over 2 million active customers, 13 million subscribers and an average of 41 million visits a month. And since launching it in 2012, the group has been doubling its business volume every year until a slowdown in 2015, where sales uh, reached considerable scale and bigger warehouse was needed. Yep, uh, very, very strong growth. And I'm sure if there's an IPO, people would be uh, watching that uh, very closely. In connection to this, uh, Sharitz, uh, the SC recently... Um, made some rulings about digital assets. Uh, but uh, before that, you know, we, we hear this news of Canadian uh, digital asset uh, exchange Quadriga CA is the first to have lost access to investors' funds following the death of his CEO, Gerald Cotton. Yeah, the holder of the exchange private keys, uh, Gerard Cotton, he died during a visit to India last December, taking to the grave the private keys and password um, needed to access the company's fund, locking up to five. 150 million ringgit worth of cryptocurrencies to its investors' chagrin. And uh, the company has requested for protection against creditors for 30 days and the appointment of Ernst & Young to sort out Quadriga's finances and explore possible sales. I think this is really relevant to Malaysia because I know that uh, there are a lot of crypto exchanges trying to set up here in Malaysia and uh, they have been in limbo for some time pending the regulation coming up from Bank Negara and the Securities Commission. So there recently was a joint uh, guidelines that were issued by Securities Commission and Bank Negara uh, on recognized markets to introduce uh, new requirements for crypto exchanges and among them includes uh, you know such restrictions as uh, you must have 5 million paid up capital upon approval and prior to commencement. So uh, it's not just so easy to set uh, a crypto exchange up. 5 million ringgit is what you need. Uh, you cannot also provide a financial assistance to investors or customers. So you cannot provide a loan to speculate on crypto, right? Uh, I guess that's what the the authorities want to avoid. Uh, they want uh, invest, investor protection is their primary concern. Yeah. And uh, under this uh, revised guideline as well, any person who is interested in operating a digital asset platform is required to apply to the Securities Commission uh, to be registered as a recognized market operator by 1st March of 2019. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.